Hey, so, uh, hang on. How'd you like that? I, that, what was that? That's obviously our new theme tune. That's, yeah. That's, yeah, that's it. That's going to be the the theme tune that we use from now on. You know, I'm not opposed, actually. (laughs) Because at least it's slightly, at least it's slightly higher quality than what we've been putting out. It's, we're getting there. We're going, like, by micro steps. At a very lazy pace. Speaking of micro steps, uh, The Edge of Destruction... Uh, so, last we left off... That was a terrible lead-in. Shut up. It, it was a segue. <laughs> um, uh, uh-huh. so last we left off, the crew had left Scarrow, and, uh, mm-hmm. something happened that that made Ian fall in a chair. So, uh, <laughs> tell us what happened. I, I, I still hate that they have that chair there for no real reason other than for people to fall into it when what the ship are, crashes. What's the chair for? Because <sighs> it also crashed or whatever, or no. Um, Barbara also fell into it whenever they first took off. Listen, they're getting fucking, they paid good money for the chair. They're getting their money's worth out of it. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So this is the edge of destruction. Yes. It's apparently it was apparently a two-part episode and I was very excited about that cuz the last episode was seven episodes long. Holy fuck. Yeah. Um and we've opened again to everybody falling over and Barbara apparently fell into a scarf closet somewhere <laughs> and is making various noises and I thought for a minute it was a blanket but no, it was a scarf and Mm. And mm-hmm. she's like muttering Ian's name weirdly, like she doesn't remember him. And Susan stands up and she's acting like she's drunk. And apparently she's hurt her head and then also her neck after like trying to touch the console, I believe. And she's not really sure what's going on. And. There's a boom in the shot at some point, and it's amazing because that happens multiple times this episode for some reason. It does. Uh, the doctor, yeah, it does. And there's like a camera shadow and all these things, and it's great. Um, the doctor apparently has cut his head open, but I never once while watching this saw the cut, so I'm just like, uh-huh. Um... No one seems to remember Ian. They don't seem to know what happened. And Barbara sends Susan to go get bandages and water or something. Well, it makes sense. And yeah. And then we cut back, and Ian is like suddenly standing up and asks Barbara if she's working late, as if they're back in school, and then asks for water as well. Mm-hmm. Susan pulls out a bandage, and I said she cut out some water because I was like, I'm not really understanding that she was pulling out a bandage. 
I thought it was like little packets of water that they did something with, and I'm like, that's oh, so you thought weird. it was water, and you didn't immediately jump to that she's just grabbed a line of condoms because that's exactly what it looks like. I mean, yeah, it literally unfurls like a whole bunch of fucking condoms. Um, and then they worry about that the the doctor's skull is fractured, and they remember that they're suddenly in the TARDIS. And the, the the machine is doing funny things, like the food machine. Like, she's asking for water, and it's, like, beeping at her, and she doesn't really explain what it's doing, but it gives her water anyway. Um, and then they go back to, like, helping everybody in the main room, like, getting the doctor's head bandaged, stuff like that. And Susan starts freaking out because the door opens. I mean, and, fucking brand new technology. Yeah, because they're like, oh my god, the door's opening! What is happening? And they're like, it's impossible for the doors to be open, even if the ship crashes, because the ship can't crash for some reason? I don't yes. understand that bit. Um, and Susan is just like, un- inconsolable again. Yes. And apparently the bandage they put on the doctor changes color when the wound is healed, and I was, like, actually actively watching this bandage throughout this entire episode, it never does change I, I, at all. You, okay, okay, that's a lie. It does change slowly. It just doesn't go fully mm. white. Well, no, I was just, like, noticing, because I saw where there were two, like, stripes on it, Yeah. and I was just kind of, like, watching, and I never saw them really change, so I was just like, alright, whatever. Okay, when I say it changed subtly, it's like they had the initial bandage and then they swapped to another bandage later on. That had a and that little was bit it. less. Yeah, and that was it. They, of there's course. Not much else after that. Um, Ian starts walking towards the door. The doors close, and when he walks away, they open again. And Spooky. Susan tries the controls and suddenly hurts a whole lot and then faints. Yes. No one, no one really understands that bit. Yes. Um, the doctor starts to wake up, and Ian just like picks Susan up like she's a rag doll, and walks her out of the room to take her to bed. And the back of the doctor's neck also apparently hurts. And in my mind, I was like, something is burrowed into the back of their skulls. Like that was just what I went to. Mm. Hmm. Uh. So we cut back to Ian putting Susan back in bed. I mentioned that. Somehow Ian knew how to work the beds, even though they've yet to sleep by this timeline, and or use the beds at all. He's a modern man. So, uh, uh-huh. A modern major general? Yeah, sure. Mm. So, Ian goes to go get her water. It does the beep thing at him. But water still comes out, and he comes back, and Susan is awake and holding a pair of knives, or a pair of knives or scissors. Scissors. Was it scissors the whole time? Because I, for some reason, wrote knives. Okay, and doesn't remember Ian or something. I'm not really sure. And she tries to stab Ian, sucks at it, then starts to scream in pain and stab her own bed, for some reason. Yes. Um, Barbara is now yelling at the doctor, saying that, like, he doesn't know where they are, and he's like, where isn't as important as why we're here? And it's just, 
it's really bizarre how they just keep arguing over nothing and none of this comes back later. So basically it, what you're saying is, this episode, it's a show about nothing. Yes. It is literally Cabin Fever, let's make everything into something dramatic for no reason. It is exhausting. This is the literal thing I hate to watch on TV, is drama for the sake of it being drama, and I just... Oh my god. Um... So, Barbara walks out to go do something, and she's, like, weirdly staring around thinking, like, someone's there, or, like, she doesn't really know where she was, and she's like, I was thinking, and everyone's like, what? You were thinking? And she was like, I think something might have gotten onto the ship. And both the doctor and Ian go, no, that's not logical. Ha ha. Uh And the doctor asks Ian to help him repair the ship. And we see Susan sneaking around in the background (laughs) for whatever reason. And she just takes the scissors again that they took from her. Yeah. Um, So they go to check. Yeah. Her... They are in no way safety scissors. Yeah, they're not. They're very dangerous. Mm-hmm. They're like the very old... I don't even want to say antique, because they're not. They're like 60 scissors. Yeah, and they're but... like made of like silver steel. And they're very, very sharp. They're usually sewing scissors, is what they are. Mm-hmm. Um, And so, Ian and the Doctor go to look at that thing where... In a previous episode, Susan has looked in and been like, this is what is the number, so this is what's wrong with the ship. It tells you exactly what's wrong with it. And it's just a a series of numbers, and it's a letter A, and the number just going up like 11, 12, 13, 14, saying like everything is wrong, I assume? Yes. Um, And then we cut back to Barbara and Susan, and Susan, in this moment because she has this cloth on her head because she hit her head, literally looks like she's wearing a nun's habit. It does kind of look like that. It, kinda, <laughs> it <right>. does! <laughs> because she's also wearing that, like, painter's smock that's, like, entirely black for, like, this entire episode, so I'm just like, she's a nun at this point. Like, it, I don't understand what that framing was at all. Huh, yeah. Never thought about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway. Um... So Susan apparently remembers Barbara and is starting to freak out about her grandfather, wondering where he is, what he's doing. And then she threatens Susan with the, or Susan then threatens Barbara with the scissors because she says that they're lying and she overheard everybody talking and all this stuff. Yeah. And well, that means they're lying. <laughs> yeah, because if if people talk, they're automatically lying, obviously. Oh, yeah. Um, Barbara then takes the scissors from Susan because she has, like, a pain moment or something. <laughs> she... And... <laughs> it's a pain moment. Like, it's a womanly vapors moment. <laughs> womanly vapors. It is! I'm That's surprised you didn't, what like, go, go full 60s and say she was, it was her time of the month. She was, she was being visited. Oh my god. By the the womanly demon. <laughs> Mother Nature, the red tide. <laughs> Aunt Irma. <Yeah. laughs> the the moon is full in my daughter t- this today. That's what... <laughs> we keep going. Uh, 
So Susan kind of mentions what if there's something in the ship, if it did get in, it would hide in their bodies because that's the only place it would hide. And so I'm going back to, okay, there's a thing in their neck, obviously. Mm -hmm. So on my radar, the doctor and Susan are the two that are absolutely the crazy ones. Um, and or body snatched or whatever the fuck. Yeah. And the doctor's going to try the scanner because apparently there's nothing wrong with the ship. Supposedly. And then Susan, like, runs in and freaks out and is like, no, don't touch that. It hurt me. So it's going to happen to you. And the doctor's like, no, like, I think you're crazy because he touches it and nothing at all happens to him. Yes. And what they see on the monitor is, like, a picture of, like, England countryside. But apparently it's a photograph. Yes. It's a very bizarre way to put that like they could have just been like oh that's just sort of like a memory capture or something whatever but i don't know it there's a there's a reason why they don't call it that they just call it a photograph um the ship has a memory bay and the doctor's like wow i could have sworn i told you that um and that also doesn't come back at all Because they sit there talking about, like, well, the ship has a memory bay to figure out where we go and blah, blah, blah. And they never access it to figure out where the fuck they are? Like, that seems like a really obvious choice. Are you saying there's a plot hole in this episode? Yes. Disappointed in I'm saying there's a plot hole in the last, like, four episodes. Because they could have used the memory bay to just go straight back to England. I mean, yeah. 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 Um I mean they who knows, they might try it. They might. And the doctor's like, eh, trying to confuse me, eh and he thinks that they tried to sabotage uh his ship and that they're the ones that attacked them and Barbara and Ian are like what? And we bring back up the caveman politics and the Daleks, and basically Barbara's like, we saved you. Like, what do you think we're doing? Like, we were here for this, and we saved you. What is the point of trying to sabotage your ship? Like, we're we're in this together at this point. Um, And Barbara pretty much goes like, you never have any gratitude for anyone else. And I'm, I'm just sitting there like, yeah, no, I fucking hate this doctor. He's a fucking asshole. Um, yeah. And is, then, oh, actually, no. He's not the meanest of them all. He, he is the most grouchy. Well, no, he's not even the most grouchy. He's the the oldest grouchiest. Mm. Uh, happy Father's Day to everyone except him. He gets a little um, bit more whimsical as time goes along. Again, <laughs> this first season's rough. Yeah, and then I said that they looked at something because I couldn't make out what it is. And it makes everyone freak the fuck out because it shows them time. And it kind of looked like the the numbers melted or something. It took me a while to realize it was a clock, okay? They just cut to it and then they cut away from it. I'm like, what the fuck was that? Yes. And I said that the numbers kind of looked melted or something. I don't know. I think it was actually just a clock. There was nothing special about it. I, I legitimately do not know what's meant to be. She she clarifies it later. Something about, she's like, oh, the ship, mm, 
the, the ship directed us to to the clock, and that's when we were formed about time not working. And it's like, uh-huh. okay, but how? Like, were the was yeah. it actually melting? Were the numbers gone? Like, what what was up with the fucking clock? Or you just like didn't ever look in that single direction at all until the the ship made you do so. Yeah, I don't know it. It's I don't fucking know. weird. And then so. Everyone but the doctor's freaking out, and we cut back to the doctor coming back, because apparently he left, with drinks for everyone, because he's just like, we just need time to think this over. And Barbara is just like, nah, fuck this, I don't want to talk to you, goes to bed. Susan follows. Ian tells him to apologize, and he's like, nah, I don't have time for that, I gotta think. And we again see Susan hiding behind the food machine in plain sight. (laughs) And the doctor says that they absolutely need him because without their mind, they're nothing, basically. And it's just like, wow, I hate him. Uh, Susan goes back to bed and apologizes to Barbara on the doctor's behalf and is just like, just try to understand him and forgive him. Like, please. Like, he's my grandfather. It's like, asshole. Like, that's not how that works at all. It's not. We. Also then cut to the doctor spying on Susan and Barbara while they sleep. And he's, like, shaking them and they're, like, still asleep or whatever. And he's making sure that they're actually asleep. Yes. And, well, like, when he, like, wiggles them and stuff, like, they stay asleep is what I'm getting at. Because, hey, guess what? He drugged them. Um, (laughs) If that wasn't fucking obvious at that point. Um... And then he goes over to the controls and starts to wiggle his fingers over them. And then someone grabs him from behind and starts to choke him. And that's where the episode cuts. So, so quick question. Would it be mm-hmm. surprising to, uh, would it be surprising for you to know that, uh, <laughs> this Let me guess, episode, preface it, probably not. This episode was written purely to fill uh, an allotment of episodes that their show needed to that because the BBC commissioned 13 episodes uh the the first unearthly childhood for the Daleks at 7 so an additional two episodes were required just in case the show was cancelled at that point uh so are, are you saying are you saying this is filler yeah this episode's pretty much filler <laughs> Yeah, did you it, did you it, pick up on that at any point that this episode oh, might be filler? Yes, it just felt completely asinine, like just drama for drama, and just no real character building at all. There was nothing to it. Also, another fun little thing. So the producer Verity Lambert, uh, she had to write a letter of apology to the BBC oh, Children's Department. Wait. A female producer in the sixties. Oh, yeah. Really? She actually, she actually uh, was a pioneer and was one of the first. Uh, uh, it was the first time she had been a full producer, and she was. It was one of the first times a woman had such a role in television. Do- like Ooh. Doctor Who, a lot about Doctor Who was like pretty groundbreaking. Uh, like you had Verity Lambert, and then you also. <laughs> uh, oh God, I always forget his name. I really shouldn't forget his name because he's. I mean, you the, probably couldn't tell that from all the womanly vapor moments, but anyway. The womanly vapor moment. Mm-hmm. 
So you were saying the director, uh, the the director, Waris Hussain, uh, I was the f- director of the the first episode, and uh, mm-hmm. let's just say he's not exactly a white male. Um, no. So it was it, Doctor Who. It, I mean, again, when we get to the documentary, ages down the line, uh, it goes over all of this in way more detail. But Doctor Who in itself, as little progressive as the show actually is there's still like behind the scenes of occasional bits of like hey that was pretty really fucking progressive for its time (laughs) uh it wasn't easy for them but yeah uh, she had to write a letter of apology to the bbc's uh children's department uh because they made it known that they felt it was an unwise decision to show Susan acting out violently with a pair of scissors. They were very unhappy with well, that. Because she's just a child. She's fifteen fifteen. She's fifteen. Yeah, that's a child. No You can't have a child with a pair of scissors. What if what if what if uh what if uh what if Sharon's uh, children see that on television and decide, hey, I have a pair of scissors. Why don't I do that? You know that? what that is? You know what that is? That's called bad parenting. <laughs> Clearly you <laughs> you know nothing about British parenting. <laughs> Especially No, what I'm 60s. saying is that if you think if you think a fifteen year old is just gonna be like, Oh hey, scissors, what can I do with these? That's just failed parenting. <laughs> If your child doesn't know scissors are sharp by age six, you've done something wrong, is what I'm getting at here. I mean, yeah, that's that's fair, I guess. Anyway, keep going on. So, next episode, we, we someone was choking <sighs> so, the doctor. <clears throat> so they stopped the dumb naming convention thing here, I think, because it no, was still don't. the... It wasn't any different name, though. No, it was. Uh, so the first episode... <laughs> So, the first episode is called The Edge of Destruction. The second episode is called Uh The Brink of Disaster. Oh, it was... They don't stop the stupid name convention for quite some time. Right. Um, so, we see that Ian is the one grabbing the doctor, and then he freaks out and falls over and faints. He eats shit again. Yeah, again. And the doctor says that Ian is just play-acting and tells Barbara that she and Ian are trying to take over the ship and all these things. And so the doctor says he's going to treat them as enemies. And they're like, what are you talking about? We haven't done anything. Like, what are you going on about? And Ian's, like, having a whole thing. Like, he's coming in and out of consciousness and, like, mumbling to himself. And he's like, no, don't touch that. No, don't touch that. Like he, I, it's weird. He wakes up, um, says something, and goes off again. Yeah, and Susan asks, "What's wrong with Ian?" and and says, "Wow, like the same thing happened to me. Like I remember that now." And the doctor's like, "We're just gonna throw them out of the ship, and it doesn't matter where we are. It could they could literally just die the moment they step out, but I don't care." And they were acting really smart and they did all these little things to make them believe that they were going crazy, but it was really Barbara and Ian that sabotaged the ship. Again, this is that argument that they literally had 20 minutes ago. 
um, Ian's body is entirely limp and freaking out a little bit, and suddenly the ship starts making a huge noise while the Doctor and Susan are talking, which literally muffles what they're saying, so I lost what they were saying towards the end. <laughs> and it's called the danger signal. Oh yes. my god. The danger signal. Oh, oh. Jump in Jehoshaphat's Batman, it's the danger signal. <laughs> it is so apparently hilarious. Everything is wrong on the ship. Supposedly. It's, so I was right about the numbers ticking up saying that everything was wrong. S everything is wrong on the ship. Supposedly. But also it's not. But also yes. it is. Yes. Um, and then Ian almost strangles Barbara for yes. some reason. And I don't think it's ever explained why like they just start trying to strangle each other. It, I, I don't. Like, there's no reason why Susan had her scissors to go try to stab someone or started stabbing the bed. They just felt like being crazy. Like, yeah. alright. I mean, that's how craziness works. Uh-huh. Uh, the ship is apparently on the brink of disintegration. Uh. And no, then we learn that the doctor... What he says. What? He says the... Of destruction? Of destruction. And the ship is being disintegrated. Yes. Whatever. Close enough. Um, the doctor, it also, he goes, yeah, like, I did drug you, and they think that the warning is, like, every 15 seconds or so, and then he flubs his lines and then says the title. And he, like, flubs his lines, like, multiple times towards the end of this episode. He does it multiple times throughout the show. <sighs> yeah. Just, like, in this episode specifically. It was more obvious towards the end. Yeah. Um, from there, the doctor goes, well, it's actually no one's fault, but some evil thing is making my ship do these things. And they had time taken away from them, but it's given them back time because time is running out. What? And the column in the middle goes down, and it's impossible for the for it to have apparently th have the power escaped because it got out of the middle thing that goes down and keeps it there. Yes. And they apparently have 10 minutes or less to survive. Susan is freaking out. <laughs> Only one part of the dashboard works and doesn't hurt you. And apparently the they were given multiple clues about everything. By this weird entity that is evil, but also not evil, but also wanting to show them what's wrong with the ship, but also not. And also it's the one that attacked them, but also it's not. This is what we've learned so far. Yes. <laughs> the TARDIS can't think, but also apparently it can... And it was the one giving them clues, like how the food machine was saying it was empty, but it wasn't. And then they're like, we're not really sure what would make the power of the TARDIS want to escape. It'd have to be something huge. And there's more, like, flashes, which are just like a white screen. And 
the doctor sends Susan and Barbara over to the door to see if they can see what's outside when they open. But he apparently lied and there's nothing they can do and they're all probably going to die. Yes. So it shows the images again of England and the doors open and apparently there's nothing there and Susan goes off again screaming and crying and making our eardrums bleed. <laughs> and the TV starts going back through all the photos and okay, a lot happens after this point. A lot happens. The <sighs> The defense mechanism stopped itself from dying. And it's been trying to tell them ever since by leaving them clues. Because they are apparently at the beginning of a solar system. That's why the power of the TARDIS wanted to get out. Because it was such a big, huge thing that the power wanted to get out and go to it. And so... The doctor's just sitting here and rambling, and he's not only just insane, he's an asshole, and I just hate him at this point. (laughs) And they used the fast return switch to go back to England. And he's like, okay, well, that's weird. It seems like this button is stuck. It should have auto-released, but they can't see without a light. So they pull out this teeny tiny little pin light and it's on the safe part of the dashboard, which is the only part they can touch. And apparently the the button has been sit or has been stuck on the going back in time setting. Wow. So 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 what you're saying is so so hang on. Are you saying that the entire conflict for this two-part episode, was that a button was stuck? Yes. <laughs> that is riveting. That is that that is just fantastic. Thrilling, I, absolutely thrilling. Absolute, Times like, Magazine edge, says ten out of ten. Edge of my seat. You pay for the entire seat, but all you need is the edge. Honestly. Why would you take uh, that? So. They fixed the button because the spring broke and the entire ship starts back up without an issue. Ian still isn't wearing pants or shoes. Susan and Barbara are still wearing a tarp. Terp. And the tarp is, is again moving through time and space. And they're safe because the enti- it was literally just because the switch hadn't fixed itself. He fumbles his words and kind of explains it to Susan by using a flashlight and pretty much says... It'd be like if I was holding down the button of this flashlight. When I hold it down, the light comes on. When I don't hold it down, there is no light. It'd be like if I was just holding the button down forever. That's what this was like. And I was just, oh my well, god. We have to explain springs. You have to explain. <sighs> the whole entire point of this episode was to explain the concept of a spring to children. Okay, go ahead. Explain springs- the spring to me. Springs are a brand new concept in the 60s, dear. They were only recently mm-hmm. invented. Yeah, it's true. I'm not mm-hmm. explaining. The uh, show did, actually, the show hold on. Did it. When was the spring invented? <laughs> I want to know. 1763. So, exactly. It had only been 200 years. I mean, uh-huh. 200 years is like... 
kids wouldn't have known by then. Like you gotta, you gotta make uh, sure they know. Uh, okay. Anyway, what happens? Um, the then? doctor, the doctor then holds on to Susan. He's like, you know what? I might be old and crazy, and he is honestly. Um, Ian and Barbara both have like these thousand yard stairs, and the doctor refuses to pol- apologize to them. And Ian walks over and is like, I know what you want to say. It's fine. And we cut back to Barbara, and she has been to war. Like, she's just <laughs> staring off in the distance. It is just hilarious. I feel like I want to take a screen cap from that and just post it on Twitter with no context. and Or, or just make just it put the, the thumbnail cap- for this. Or just put the caption like, oh god, it's only been halfway through the year. <laughs> I mean, it'd be worth it, probably. Um, the doctor mentions that Barbara got everything right, and yet he still refuses to apologize to her for almost killing both of them. Well, she's And so Barbara... Well, yes, of course. Uh, and Barbara just walks <laughs> off. You don't apologize to women, do you? This is the 60s. Of course not. She must be on her moon cycle. It's it's fine. Um, so he's confused why, like, <laughs> she hasn't forgiven him. So he goes back to talk to her later, and she's doing the thousand yard stare again. And he's like, "You're very valuable to me." And it's kind of weird that he calls her valuable in that regard. It was very possessive the way he came across with it i don't know it is a bit and they talk about how they landed on a planet that's very very cold so they all need to head outside and have fun and apparently there was an apology but also not he never actually apologized to her and i don't know about you but the act of literally saying i'm sorry is more important than all of the lead up to and after. I like, don't know. That, what happens after is pretty <laughs> fucking important. What? Calling her valuable? No, 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 no. What happens after? Like, the entire, like, the, the cliffhanger. That's pretty important that they get to that. Uh-huh. If, if, if they have the doctor say that he's actually I'm literally, sorry. I, I'm, I'm, all I'm saying is that saying you're sorry is a very powerful thing and a lot of people don't do it and a lot of people should. I'm not scarred by my family. You are. <laughs> I guess um, this is now a Dear Talks About Family Trauma podcast. <laughs> we have so much to slog through, Gam. There's like a hundred episodes. Uh, well, um, you, well, to be fair... family okay. trauma? Per person? Yeah. Well, if we're just going through yours. Um... Oh. Hey! You- Hey! I said per person, you fuck. (laughs) Anyway, so they've landed on this very cold planet. Ian is given a coat that apparently can fit, like, three men. Ha ha, there's a fat joke, and it's just like, alright, whatever. Uh, what are you talking Um, about? He says two men? And the joke is that the Doctor got the coat from, uh, Gilbert and Sullivan? Okay. Do you know what Gilbert and um, Sullivan? <laughs> no, I don't. They're just musicians. Okay, cool. It, don't it care. Is, it's not a fat joke. It's a two persons. Don't worry. Okay. 
So it's a gay joke. Got it. I no mm, whatever. I I know. I'm being I'm being a smartass. Don't worry. Um, Doctor Who has its fair share of uh, gay jokes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, not oh, as boy, bad as James wait. Bond. Like, but we get there's a few. Anyway, so they've landed on a planet that's cold. The doors open up. Susan brings in a snowball and chucks at them, and they're like, "Ha!" Huh? No, you have to say specifically. She throws it straight at Barbara's face. <laughs> yes, she does. And Barbara nearly snowball. falls over, and then yeah, chases after Susan, nearly eats shit, like leaving the TARDIS. And then we cut to um, the TV showing Susan and Barbara outside. And they say, wow, look at this. It's a footprint. A giant must have made that. And they show a footprint in the snow. And it's really not that big. Like, I mean, it might be, like, shack-sized. But, like, <laughs> it's not that big. I don't know. It's... It was... Anyway. The perspective was off. The footprint is, like, the size of her head. Okay. If it's the size of her head, I get that. But, like, for perspective-wise, it just looked like a very large person. Spoiler, they're implying that what they found is the footprint of the abominable snowman. Yes. Or a yeti. that much. Yes. Uh, Because, yes. Um... So then it and cuts. they go, wow, it was made by a giant, and then that's the episode. Yeah, and then it cuts. Yay! Yeah, so. Woo! So how do you how do you feel about this episode, dear? One out of ten. You didn't like this one. You liked no, it. No, I don't. You liked it less than caveman politics. Yes, I hate drama for the sake of drama. I like cabin fever style things. But cabin fever is good when things people actually do happen. You, not just, oh, I thought you did this thing. So oh. you're not even going to give it, like, a two because it was only two episodes? So you're not even going to be like, it was bad, but at you least it what? was only two episodes. You know what? 1.5. You can't get, Don't go into fucking decimals. Don't make this harder <laughs> than it needs to be. <laughs> Fine. Because then you'll be like the you you then you'll get to like good episodes and you'll be like well this is a a, a six point two you're like fucking mm. what is that even meant to be? Mm-hmm. Okay, so so what are you giving it for final final answer? Lock it in. What is it? I don't think I'd ever want to watch this again, so I probably would stick to it being a one. That's fair. Honestly, I don't like rewatching this one either. It is very much a filler episode. Nothing happens. Mm-hmm. The only reason I would watch rewatch this episode is A, to show someone it, obviously, and B, uh, yeah. to just laugh at all the... There are a lot of uh, production errors in this. There's the boom shot. Like, we we didn't even mention most of them. There's the booming shot. You didn't even see most of them, too. There's the booming shot in that one scene. It comes up again in another. There's uh, shadows everywhere. Uh, when they There's when the, the doors... multiple cups that they've left around. True. There's uh, the, the... When the doors open... Uh, and there's supposedly nothing outside. You can actually see the floor of the production studio. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, you can see shadows of people everywhere uh, throughout the set uh, when they're not meant to be there. It is great to point out and go, this very clearly was, like, not 
not the best production. Um, this was very clearly, let's just get this done. Yeah, even though, like, the at the time it wasn't really considered that. Like, looking back on it now, it's like, how did they not think of it like that? Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, this is a, a shorter than normal episode, purely because it was really only uh, two episodes and there wasn't really much happening in there at all. Uh, mm-hmm. So, uh, so this is where we start uh, diverting a little bit. Um, so, I, I get to explain this to you now. So, I've already explained the whole uh, missing episodes thing, right? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, you've explained yes. the missing episode things to me. Okay. So, uh, they seem to be currently going on a rate of about one to two episodes a year. They actually go back and animate the episodes that are missing with basic animation, and they release it on DVD, and it's great, because the episodes that they're doing are great at the moment. Um, and then there's some episodes that they acknowledge are like, it's, it's not really interesting enough to animate. Uh, it's mm-hmm. not really like popular enough. So what we'll do is we'll get uh, as many screenshots as we can of the actual episode and make basically a telesnap episode, but better quality. Um, uh-huh. Which that episode that they released on DVD, when we get to that one, I'll apologize for, because it's not really that interesting, but the set design is beautiful. Uh, as beautiful Mm -hmm. as the 60s can be. Um, But in saying that, uh, the next episode, which is supposed to be about Marco Polo and uh, Kublai Khan, uh, is Mm -hmm. missing entirely. Every single episode is missing. So Are you saying it's not about Bigfoot? I... Okay, so... Bigfoot is the the hook. Uh, Bigfoot's the hook to get you to watch the next episode of like, oh, what the hell owns this this big ass footprint? Um, mm-hmm. But the the truth is, it it's fucking nothing. Uh, but yeah, the next episode Good. is Marco Polo. It's the first instance of sixties racism uh, showing. Oh, darn, up we're gonna miss show. that. Oh no. So, Unfortunately, oh, no. uh, for the time being, oh, we we'll miss no. it. But wow. we will come. We will actually come back to it if either a they find the episodes and release them, or b or I kill they animate first. the episodes and release them. Uh, or I kill you first. It's actually kind of a funny episode to watch, even though it is seven mm-hmm. episodes long. Uh, listen, I watched. <laughs> Listen, I fucking watched this episode with nothing but screenshots, and it was more interesting than this two-part episode, so trust me on this, okay? Okay, fine. I just... I... I'm slowly wondering if I'm actually regretting letting you do this to me, or if I just... Hey, hey, the next episode... The next episode is gonna be way more interesting. There's, like... A, a mini quest to find some stuff. The doctor goes on trial for murder. It's actually more interesting. It's where the show you starts to like pick up an interest for me. We'll put that on your tombstone when I get around to it. <laughs> I what, swear, the, the next episode is so much more interesting. <laughs> that's your tombstone. That, that's on my tombstone? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Well, 
in that case, the next episode that we get to watch is uh, the keys, the keys to Marinus, or the keys of Marinus. Mm. No, it is the keys of Marinus. Uh, which is for a show that's meant to be mainly historical. They really, as soon as the Daleks came out, and they were like, "Hey, uh, turns out science fiction with uh, aliens and monsters is really fucking popular." Uh, they just went off the deep end and were like, okay, fuck it. Aliens. <laughs> uh, trust me. Aliens. Like, most, of, most of the stories are about, like, aliens and shit. There's a very... It, it's very rare times when they actually, like, uh, have historical stuff. Like, the new mm-hmm. series of Doctor Who has, in my opinion, more hi- actual historical stuff than uh, classic Doctor Who. Like, you'll have episodes of... They make it a point of nearly one episode a season. They try to have, okay, here's their episode with Shakespeare. Here's their episode with uh, fucking Charles Dickens, like, etc. Like, they pick a historical figure and make an episode around it. Whereas, like, classic Doctor Who, it's like, uh, Marco Polo, uh, Emperor Nero, uh, the Crusades, um... I was gonna say, high five to that one fucking episode that makes every single artist cry ever. The, the massacre of Saint Bartholomew. Oh, uh, the the gun the, the gun fights at the OK Corral. We're not watching the the massacre of uh, Saint Bartholomew. That episode's missing, unfortunately. Although apparently it's very interesting. I I wanted to see a massacre. God, especially I, of racist white you people. Don't, you don't see a massacre. You don't see the massacre. And I'm going to ignore what you just said. Anyway, <laughs> next. <laughs> Next time we'll come back. Keys to Marinus. It's way more interesting than this, I promise, dear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. I bet. Do you? Mm. Okay. So I guess we'll just end it here. Yeah. Okay. There's nothing else to say. Oh wait, hang on. Hit the theme song. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. so fucking (laughs) and the thing I think it's actually echoing as well (laughs) oh well okay see you next time